What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield, and joining me this week are Justin Davis. Scoop. And Sam and Tina are too busy. They're just too busy to make time to scoop this week. But fear not, the show must go on. And we have Seth Macy joining us from the great state of Maine. Absolutely. Scoop. And a very special guest joining us today, Nick Lamone is here. Nick, thank you so much for uh, joining us here on GameScoop today. Thanks for having me. Long time, first time. Long time, <laughs> first time for us as well. Nick is a video producer at IGN, been here for a few years and uh, helps out with a lot of our branded shoots these days. But um, I know you're a big Castlevania fan of both the games and the Netflix series, Nick, which I actually have to finish uh, the series. What's your favorite game of all time? My favorite game of all time? Oh, man. Man, I'm the spot. I did not expect to say that. It changes every single day. But if I had to choose Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy VII original. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Nick can stay. (laughs) (laughs) It's always between those two, and sometimes it's like Dark Souls or Breath of the Wild, but it's usually Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy VII. I like I like and really respect the people that's just like every day I wake up and it's like a new revelation yeah. even unto myself. Like what's it going to be today? A hundred percent. So um, the original Final Fantasy VII, how did you feel about Final Fantasy VII Remake? See, I think the remake is honestly as good as it possibly could be uh, based on how long that game's been in development, the longtime fan demand. And honestly, I think they addressed the weird nature of that game as a reboot slash reboot cool in the best Whoa. possible way that they could. Spoilers, I guess, maybe? I don't yeah, I, I haven't played it yet. so I think it's, oh, that, it's okay. It's all the, open to interpretation, yeah. really. I thought it was just okay, but the thing that we're alluding to that's a little bit of a spoiler is just like the coolest possible direction and thing they could have done. I'm trying not to spoil it. They they do a really cool thing story-wise to talking about it in the context of being a reboot. That's all I'm going to say. Do you plan to play it, Seth? Uh, Yeah, I actually do. I have it pre-ordered for the PS5 um, integrate. Yeah. Yeah, Sweet yeah, yeah. 4K 60 FPS action, yeah. baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why I never played it. I just never did. <laughs> and then, Nick, what are you playing right now? Oh, man. Right now. Not I right just... this second, but. <laughs> yeah, no. Right, uh, last night, I actually uh, booted up Dishonored on the Xbox Series X just mm-hmm, because I wanted mm-hmm. to check out the 120 FPS uh, frame boost thing that Microsoft added or Bethesda yeah. added. And also just downloaded uh, Metro Exodus Enhanced Edition on my PC because I really want to see what the ray tracing looks like on that bad boy. Ooh. So no, no Returnal, no Resident Evil oh, Village for you? Or did, did you already beat those? I did already beat those. So I've, I've set yeah. those aside. I beat those last week. I beat Village uh, basically in the span of a weekend. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. And uh, beat Returnal. Uh, that one took me about 12 hours. A lot shorter than I thought it'd be. <laughs> but a very good game. I was really surprised by that one. I think Nick is much better at video games than I am. I cannot <laughs> beat the second boss in Returnal. I've gotten to him a couple of times. And They're all big jerks. I'm in uh, I'm in um, Heisenberg, Heisenberg's factory in Resident Evil Village, so I think I'm I think I'm nearing the end. You're almost there. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, we have a great show for you this week. We're going to share uh, some picks for our, our chill games, our favorite chill games, and our, our comfort food games. And we are going to flip through the May 1992 issue of Electronic Gaming Monthly. But first, E3 is a mere three weeks away. Ooh, right now. God. I know. 
I know. I know. It's a good time to start thinking about it. <laughs> it's a good time to start making some plans. <laughs> oh, E3, E3. That's right. Yeah. I had no idea. I know. I know. We should probably put get Justin, we should get a meeting on the books about E3. <laughs> Got it. Cool. Okay. Maybe next week. <laughs> Try to find some time for everyone for next week to talk about E3. Uh, no, I, I, I wonder what games everyone is hoping to see at E3 this year. Of course, E3 is all digital, but um, several publishers are on board, including Microsoft slash Bethesda and Nintendo, Ubisoft, Square Enix. And then although Sony isn't officially participating in E3, we do expect Sony to have their own event adjacent to E3 around the same time. So Sony games are, are, are on the table. Uh, Nick, our, our very special guest, let's begin with you. What, what, what's, what's one game that you hope to see at E3 this year? Okay, outside of all the traditional like first-party Sony stuff, which everyone always gets excited for, I think if I had to choose one title, one title alone, I think it'd have to be Final Fantasy 16. Yes, I've outed yep. myself <laughs> as a massive Final Fantasy fanboy, a final fanboy, if you will. Okay. And uh, yeah, I'm just really pumped about 16 because, um, as we all know, uh, director of Final Fantasy XIV, Naoki Yoshida, is producing this Final Fantasy. And based on what we've seen from the trailers, uh, it really looks like it's kind of bringing the series back to that blend of uh, high fantasy combined with potentially like a steampunk fantasy mm -hmm. that we might have gotten with something like uh, Final Fantasy VI back in the yeah. day. So I'm really excited to see the series go back to its more high fantasy roots, especially after 15, which I think tried to uh, juggle that balance of technology and fantasy, but being a little too fan servicey in that regard. Hmm. Plus, Final Fantasy 14 is great, so like I'm excited to see what they extrapolate from that and bring into 16, hopefully. Interesting. Yeah, I'd like to see more about 16. We had, I think it was just a, a long story trailer that we got yeah. uh, last year, but it looks very cool. Looks like maybe a little bit darker take on the entry. Uh, Justin, I'd like to hear your thoughts because I know you're a big fan of 15. I do like 15. Um, I What I really like about Final Fantasy and Zelda, and actually a lot of my favorite video game franchises, is how they reinvent themselves. And I'm always really curious to see what elements they pull forward and keep from the old games, like, you know, the crystals or your motifs or moogles or whatever. And then also how um, I really, really respect that franchise, where even when it misses, it always shoots its shot. And it's like, here's a brand new battle system you've never seen before a brand new, you know, way of thinking about magic spells or whatever you've never seen before. And I really respect that about Final Fantasy. And that's what um, allows me to just get really excited and energized. Like they strike such a good balance between, um, between nostalgia and like, you know, Final Fantasy prelude and music that you're always going to get. And then also um, uh, making bold choices about, you know, what an RPG or JRPG should be in, in, you know, the year 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do know Square Enix will be participating. I'm sure we can expect some updates on Marvel's Avengers, uh, but hopefully there's going to be room for some Final Fantasy. Seth, a game yes. you're hoping to see at E3 is? Breath of the Wild 2. Yeah. That's all I care, That's all I care about. Yeah. That's kicking. all that he cares about. That's all I care about. I'm just going to be, you know, I, put, I already put in my time off. As soon as that trailer drops, I'm I'm off for the rest of E3. I'm just chilling, watching that over and over again. <laughs> just the trailer? Can... <laughs> and I don't yeah. think you can take time off during E3 just because the trailer. I mean, <laughs> Seth, Seth, you know I'm your boss, right? You can't. Yeah, you got to work that day. I know. I'll be all right. You know, we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll we'll talk that in our one-on-one. -on -one, but yeah, no, I'm I'm like super stoked. And I just, I know they're going to show it. And I know it's you gonna, know 
I know. Do you have insider show. information? <laughs> no, Marco. Details. I know on, in my heart that they're going to show it because we all want to see it. We actually no, that makes me realize I'm talking about Nintendo. We won't see it then because we all want to see <laughs> it. We'll see a, a Breath of the Wild paint paint and music game or instead. A new, like, so. a new Hyrule Warriors, maybe. Yeah, an expansion to yeah. to uh, yeah. So. Uh, what, do, you, do you guys remember like the pure like? palpable hype and like tears that were in the room during the E3 when this was revealed when Bre- the Breath of the Wild 2 trailer dropped. Yeah. I remember being in the IGN war room and everyone's like, okay, we're about to go live again. And then Nintendo did the Apple one more thing. And then they revealed the trailer <laughs> and just everyone went silent, dropped what they were doing. Tears oh, were in people's eyes. It was the best feeling in the world. And it was that moment. I was like, yeah, I'm working at the right spot. This is pretty <laughs> good. This is pretty yeah, I good. Remember, uh... I remember the tears in everybody's eye when uh, Twilight Princess was revealed for the GameCube. Mm. Um, you've all seen the moments of like the video that was taken in the press conference room of just grown men and women just completely <laughs> losing their minds when Adult Link was shown. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I still Fine. remember that trailer. Yeah. I was there for that. Man. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll miss having those uh, in-person moments with the rest of the IGN staff. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I hope Breath of the Wild too. I mean, it's been it was 2018 at E3 when that was revealed, and nothing yeah, we haven't gotten. Was it that long since, ago? I think so, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. sounds about right. Yeah. I honestly, I think the games. If I had to just hypothesis, I think the game's going to look very different than what we saw in that trailer. I think so too. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, they're they're in a little bit of a spot where like well whatever they're not really like they're following up one of the greatest most beloved games to come out in the last generation so like that's a really really great position to be in but like it's it's either going to be really different or it's not going to be really different and either one is just going to generate so much discussion online Mm. yeah discussion yes (laughs) why'd they make my zelda cartoon again oh just kidding (laughs) I would welcome a sequel to Wind Waker, or at least uh, another yeah. Zelda in that, oh, in that visual style. Oh, my God. Love it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so this is something we've, we've discussed on the show before, but Seth, the, yes. like, the map in Breath of the Wild is one of like, the main characters in the games. So, like, what do you expect them to do with the sequel? They are, is it just going to be like mirror world of that map? Like, I, I've, are I've, they making an entirely new map? Like what? <laughs> I mean, I think that they are probably making an entirely new map. Have they ever really reused a map like from well, one Zelda game to another? Majora's Mask didn't reuse the map, but it reused all the character models and, you know, remixed this dark, twisted version of Ocarina. And I think that's what a lot of people are expecting for uh, Breath of the Wild 2, just yes. because of the time frame in which the game's being made. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's that hence the speculation. Yeah, no, I, I think it's too pie in the sky, but like I would love to see a Link to the Past style light world, dark <clears throat> world, where you're kind of mm-hmm. constantly oh, yeah. going back and forth between an open world map that's like, oh, this is this doorway doesn't exist in the current timeline. Let me go mm-hmm. into the dark world where the door is now open or something like that. You know, oh. I don't think we've seen that kind of portal fantasy in a modern Zelda game. I changed my mind. I want to see the Wind Waker like sailing world, but I want to see it in the Breath of the Wild style. Ooh. Mm-hmm. You're welcome, Nintendo. Send mm-hmm. a check. To me. That one's for free. <laughs> they're going no, to start the game over with that now. Yeah. They're, like, they're going <laughs> to so be like, great. we're sorry. We, we know fans have been have been patiently waiting, but we've started all over. But this and here to tell you more is Seth Macy. And I'm like, <laughs> here to tell you more. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm hoping for it. It's been it's it's time. Yeah. Time for Breath of the Wild two. Absolutely. Uh, Justin, a game you're hoping I have two. to see at E3. I, 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 have to, I have two games. Okay. That's, you can't stop me. I'll allow it. <laughs> Uh, the first one is God of War Ragnarok. Yep. Um, God of yep. War 2018 is my favorite game of this last generation. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, what I don't know where the Switch. Switch. Nintendo always messes up console generation talk. Right. So for me, it's God of War and Breath of the Wild. They're like my one and two from recent memory. Um, it, it's like a perfect video game and a perfect mix of adventure and storytelling and action that just got every single note exactly right. And so building on that with a sequel, like, yeah, how could I not be hyped through the roof but the one that i actually really want to talk about and stick my teeth into um is starfield um mm, there you go lots of rumors about that circulating this week yeah i mean you know fallout 76 was it 2018 and yeah. fallout 4 <laughs> was at t- 2015 15, maybe? i want to say it's like that is a long, long time for Bethesda, like to have not released, you know, a big AAA meaty, you know, WRPG. So it's like, I just, I can't wait. And I hope like it's a brand new risky thing for them. Like they've been ping ponging back and forth between Fallout and Skyrim or uh, Elder Scrolls for so long that like, you know, to see them play around in a new world or universe is just mm-hmm. really, really exciting. Um. I actually want to jump back to uh, God of War real quick because I think it was you on this very show last week where you oh. pointed out that God of War, like the story, uh, he it, it's it, he's not saving the world. No, yeah, right? uh, Kratos no. is just he's he just can, he, everything he's doing is by choice. He that's my favorite thing about that game is at any moment he can turn around and be like, "Nah, I'm good." Yeah, there's nothing <laughs> propelling him forward except his own sheer force of will. Yes, but just what's interesting to me is that. Ragnarok sounds like he yeah. will have to save the world. Yeah. Yeah. Right. For sure. Prevent Ragnarok from happening or, or whatnot. Nothing's good. Um, nothing good's going to be happening with his son. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. yeah. He's all moody now. Cause he's a teen. Well, I mean, and, he was already pretty moody. So, well, there's all pretty right. big spoilers from the end of God of war one, which I, I don't know if the, I don't, it's, it, I think the statute of limitation is up that we could talk about it, but it's such a good spoiler that I don't even want to give it away. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, Starfield. Um, man, rumors about it being you know officially, definitely exclusive to Xbox and PC, and yeah. coming late 2022. So maybe a big holiday release for. Oh yeah, Xbox in 2022. Yeah, the Xbox Series X two. Bethesda's playbook <laughs> for a while now has been to not really show off a game until it's coming out in like four months. Like the game's basically finished. Here it is. We're lifting the lid on it for the first time. So if those release date rumors are true, we might not get Starfield this C3. I mean, we did get that uh, Elder Scrolls six where they just showed like <laughs> a picture of a mountain and they're like, yeah. duh, we're making it. Obviously yeah. we love money. I mean, who doesn't? So yeah. I um, heard a peep about that one. I know, but apparently we're going to hear about Starfield first, even before that. And because I mean, you, you talk about Fallout Four was 2015, Skyrim was 2011. It's crazy. Skyrim I was just playing it again the other day. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm thinking about it. I keep I keep seeing it on Game Pass, being like, Ooh. you know what? Go go grab yeah. Oblivion off of Game Pass. It's Ooh, it, it, yes, it please. Mostly holds up actually. I can't it's, play. It's still really I, good. I have to play modded Oblivion if I'm going to play Oblivion. Oh, I think maybe Morrowind is on there too. Yep. Morrowind. Is that on one is Oblivion. as well. I've, I've never played that one. Never. 
never played it either. I did play the Daggerfall, which was the hmm. the biggest game ever uh, in terms of square square mileage because it was procedurally generous, like 320,000 square miles. And you would just jump into a pool and you would keep hitting your space bar and it'd be like, you're, you learned to swim and now you're better at swimming. And now you're better at swimming. <laughs> uh, Oblivion did too. Yeah. 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 Just keep jumping, just jumping across the plains. <laughs> just hurt mm-hmm. yourself with destruction magic. I'm like, All right, here we go. <laughs> Uh, well, you guys mentioned uh, a lot of the games that I wanted to make sure to hit. I don't really need to see uh, Far Cry 6. I just want the release date for Far mm. Cry 6. I just want to know when I can play that. I'm interested in Horizon Forbidden West, uh, particularly on whether or not they have Breath of the Wild did it and allow you to climb everything. Uh, oh, and I think we're likely to probably see more of this game than we are uh, for the next God of War. I think. What the hell is this trailer? I've never seen that moment before. (laughs) I think this is the trailer for Forbidden West. I just hadn't seen that, like, the dragon, whatever that was, hologram. There, It looks like she's climbing everything. Oh, my God. I got to say, I'm surprised that after Breath of the Wild came out, I was like, ah, every game is just going to be able to climb everything now. And we still can't in every Well, in every uh, Assassin's Creed, you can now. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I that. also think that all the games that are going to be coming out within the next few years have finally like, oh, we're in a post-Breath of the Wild world, so let's work that into our development flow. Because, you know, it usually takes a couple of years when a big That's game true. comes out for that kind of a mechanic to see uh, like a transplanting to other titles. So we'll see. Fingers crossed, man. And then alongside Final Fantasy 16, which we already discussed, I hope Square Enix will show us more of Project Triangle Strategy. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah. I was a huge fan of that demo. Yeah. Huge That's, fan of that yeah. demo. The new... I was a huge fan of the aesthetics, but I haven't actually played the demo yet. Turn-based exactly. strategy with the Octopath sort of art style. Yeah. Love yeah, it was, uh, very reminiscent of like tactics ogre let us cling together combined with <laughs> final <laughs> fantasy tactics it was like these are all my favorite words i haven't been able to say <laughs> in a modern context and now they're coming back baby i love it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. uh very exciting well yeah e3 uh just three weeks away i hope everybody <sighs> is starting to get excited and you can look forward to uh hopefully all these games and more coverage of them all on ign and uh, here on gamescoop as well Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Ryan Niemiller did. I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, Niemiller. I've been a longtime listener of Gamescoop and look forward to listening to you all every week. I wanted to take the time to personally thank you for being there during one of the best but most stressful times of my life. Back in 2019, I was on America's Got Talent. Oh, what? Finishing in third place overall. No way. What? Let's find it. We got to find it. There must be clips on YouTube. As I I have, I did watch it. Uh, As this was the biggest opportunity of my life, the stress I was under to perform and deliver was very high. But one of the things I looked forward to was listening to Gamescoop as it gave me a taste of normal life and it became a part of my routine to keep me focused. Between that and replaying The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past three times, you all were comfort food for me during that summer. My question for you all is, what are your comfort food games? The games you replay when life is hectic and you need something to focus your brain on. Take a step away from the stresses you're under. You're all the best, and when the world is fully back to normal, tickets for all of you to one of my comedy shows are on me. He is a comedian. Nice. So America's Got Talent. I, I checked out the clips, uh, and it was, he's very funny. Oh, okay. I was going to say, was he doing stand-up or was he like juggling? No, it's stand up. 
Okay. Stand-up comedy. So maybe, maybe he was a renaissance man. Uh, so anyway, comfort food games. We talk, we're talking about a lot this episode, but I think Breath of the Wild fits that bill. Oh, yeah. Totally. Pretty yeah. well. So it's such a chill. Just like, you know, you it can be as relaxing or as you know, combative or as puzzly as you as you want it to be in that moment, right? I mean, yeah. these are such uh, stereotypical answers, but like it'd be yeah. disingenuous to not to not lean into them. But for me, it's Stardew Valley and Animal Crossing. <laughs> like, mm. let's let's take our minds off of uh, just the craziness of the outside world and just focus in on this very pastoral, very chill, you know, very accepting, friendly, bright f- place. Um, is just great. And I never, I, I've done the first year of Stardew Valley probably five or six times now, but I've never really beaten or finished the game. I just like, when you move into your farm, it's overgrown and there's rocks and trees and weeds everywhere. And I love the Zen process of like clearing it all out and just sort of taming the land. It's like my favorite thing. It's the same thing I liked about Animal Crossing too. Hmm. Uh, Nick, how about you? What would you say are some of your comfort food games? Uh, I mean, we, you you kind of tapped into it a little bit. Uh, Breath of the Wild's up there. It's a, it's a recent comfort food game just because it really does feel like a world that exists even when my console's off. It's just hmm. kind of ongoing in the background. I like feeling like I am being transported to another world with its own history, its own cultures. And just I think that combined with its kind of almost wind-like music where it's not like intermittent it's intermittent in the way that most games aren't you know you have to kind of slowly get to the outskirts of town and almost like on the on the gusts of when you slowly hear the trickle of kakariko village's musical theme uh fill the air and it's just it's so serene so peaceful and so calm i i love it that and uh you know for a completely opposite reason just because i know it like the back of my hand it's final fantasy 7 on uh original playstation or on ps4 with that turbo boost speed uh, <laughs> yeah. i i can make my way through disc 1 in like i don't know 5 hours just because of how <laughs> many how many times i played through that game and something about it's you know nobuo imatsu's like midi soundtrack combined with just the blocky nature of all the characters. It just feels like a, I'm getting transported back to like, you know, mid nineties and I don't know, just that warm, wholesome feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would also say, speaking of mid nineties, I would say symphony of the night on for the mm-hmm. Castlevania series are games mm-hmm. that I can always just jump into. I, I love just, you know, exploring the maps. I don't have any of them memorized, but they're all familiar and they're all very similar and I can just sort of jump in and, Oh, there's the oh, there's like the Medusa heads again. And the skeleton's gonna throw his bones at me. All my old friends. <laughs> Symphony and all of the handheld ones. Honestly, yeah, like the I, think, ones. I God, think a lot so of that. Good. Like outside of Dawn of Sorrow, like me personally, I love Portrait of Ruin, uh, Order of Ecclesia, all yeah. that stuff. So like, yeah. it's just it all feels like it belongs in just the same warm, cuddly pile of video games. It's good. it's so good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, Seth, how about you? There are, there's so many and they're so different because there, I have like a, a group of NES games like Mega Man 2. I'll just play through that. Uh, uh, DuckTales. I'll just, sometimes I'll just play through that. Uh, Contra. I play through that all the time because you can beat that game in like 30 minutes and it's mm. super fun. But then on like on the flip side, we, you know, we talked about Breath of the Wild, but any of those open world games where you can just get distracted, uh, it, like Red Dead Redemption 2 is up there with Breath of the Wild mm. as far as like which is my favorite game of all time. I know people are like, oh, it's so slow. It's so boring. But I like, I like that. 
because it, I actually felt like I was in 1905. Like everything took a long time. <laughs> you had to ride your horse everywhere. You couldn't just like shoot your gun. You have, yeah. you know, I, I can't remember the mechanic now, but you, you pull the trigger, but then you have to like push another button to <laughs> like reload your gun and push the bolt forward again as if it were a real gun before you could shoot again. Ah, I, man, I just eat that up. And like Metal Gear Solid 5, I spent 150 hours playing that game. I never beat it. I just went and did every mission over and over again. Uh, S ranked all of the ones up until the last mission and then just went back and like, you know, tried to beat that record. <laughs> Seth, I can't believe you didn't just, I was talk just about gonna flight say, simulator. That's oh, exactly okay. what I was going to say. <laughs> flight simulator is, I was going to say that, but I'm like, well, the problem is I play it so heavily simmed yeah. that I like, I'll fly from New York to LA in real time, but. <laughs> When I because I play it so simmed, it's basically the first hour is starting the airplane from a cold, dark cockpit and like t- going through my checklist and turning everything on, you know, getting pushed back, taxiing to the runway, taking off, getting to altitude. But then I just hit autopilot. Yeah. And then I just like That's will play yeah. Nintendo Switch until I get <laughs> close to, you know, LA and then I'll set my, uh, you know, my altitude and stuff or not my altitude, but you know, my approach and yeah. Yeah, okay, Flight Simulator is definitely... I'm looking at it right now. I'm like, man, I'm probably going to play that tonight, actually. I think that's what all pilots do, right? Is they get in the air, turn that it on autopilot, and then whip out their Switch to play Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I also... Well, like, I'll get into a Cessna that doesn't... Or, you know, like a like a, like a a Cub, you know, that doesn't have yeah, autopilot. We all, we all just, know what that means. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Uh, and I'll just... That's what I love about it is because I'll be like, oh, uh, I, I've never been to uh, Guatemala before. I'm going to find a airport in guatemala and i'm going to fly out of it and then just fly around and take in the mm-hmm. scenery i went to machu machu picchu which i believe is in oh. peru i think yeah. maybe ecuador yeah it's a long flight actually from the nearest airport <laughs> <laughs> try it out at home kids seth i've long wondered maybe you can clue this up for me in, in a sure. commercial flight that's going cross country i feel like the pilot has to do a lot to take off and land but in between if there's no like turbines or anything are they I, are they doing much up there I mean, or they I just I can't speak for the the, the brave <laughs> men and women of our of our commercial airlining corps, but uh, I mean for flight simulator, you, you're basically you're just making sure nothing automatic stops being automatic. <laughs> I, <laughs> from is my That's experience important. from <laughs> flying in flight simulator. But yeah, I mean gotcha. it's basically you set your alt your altitude and all this stuff that you want before you even get off the ground, and once you take off and you put the gear up, you just hit autopilot, and it's like. <laughs> See you later, bro. I'm. I knew it. Taking a nap. Yeah, it's it's all it's all a lie. They'll, we'll all be replaced by robots soon. Seth, I gotta I gotta know. Uh, not to get too dark, but say you were on a commercial airline and the pilot is incapacitated, and they say over the intercom, "Does anyone know how to fly this plane?" Would you Dude, feel confident? Every time I'm on a plane, up? I'm like, please, please let something happen <laughs> to the it? pilot. I want this. Is it. <laughs> I don't want him to die. I just want like I just want him to be like incapacitated. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I would feel I mean, yeah, you I want him to have confident. eaten something that disagrees with him. <laughs> He's right. got to go. He's got to go. <laughs> it would Honestly, be the most horrifying moment of anybody's life aboard that plane including my own, but I think <laughs> with ground control helping me an experienced test pilot perhaps walking me through the procedures I think I could get that bad boy down on the ground in one wow. piece and everyone will applaud. Yeah. But how often, like if you crash in Fright Simulator, it's like, oh, 
Oh man. <laughs> okay. Well, on to the on all shucks, on to the next flight. Like I you mean, need to, like if it's a real plane, you need to never ever crash, not even one time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is that is ex- an extremely important part. No, I don't think I could just grab the 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 control like the yoke and and just land a 737. But being talked through the procedures, I think mm-hmm. that I would have a better chance than most. I will say that. I don't think I'm not going to be cocky and be like, dude, just throw me in a plane right now. I'll be doing barrel barrel rolls, loop de loops. How many hours in Flight Simulator are you? Uh, there you know? it only tracks since I oh, started okay. playing the um the release Retail. version, so 65 mm-hmm. hours, but the large majority of that was like alpha beta period of that game. Like right. I would probably say like 2 or 300 hours maybe. Okay. It's it's a lot of fun. I like it a lot. It's very relaxing. Well, checklists? How, who doesn't who doesn't get a, a big sigh of relaxation from completing checklists? I do like completing <laughs> checklists. Yeah. And Seth, That's I hope the... I hope your dream comes true someday. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. You know, dream big. That's what I always say. All right, then. I'm going to share my screen because I have dug up the May 1992 issue of Electronic Gaming Monthly. Yes. Go to the right program. I most almost certainly. No, I know for a fact I had this issue because I had basically every issue from 1989 until like 1999. So you said 1990, right? 1992. 92. Okay. So this is like, this is slightly early for me. Mm hmm. But that's, you know, it's so like the, the 16-bit consoles are out, fully out. Super Nintendo's yeah. out. Genesis is a few years old now. You got the Neo Geo. The TurboGrafx-16 is trying to hang in there. Oh. Game Boy is being phenomenally successful. I was, you guys, by the time, go ahead. by this era, like video games were already my, this was my business. Like this is, yeah. was my identity. But I didn't, um, <laughs> it didn't really like, it was like, N64 and PS1 launch was when, like, I'm like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, this so is May 1992? May yeah. of 1992. This is, we- I am one month old at the cool. time this, <laughs> this magazine released. Cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, this is pre E3. So, they would have been ramping up for summer CES. I was going to say they didn't even have they didn't even have E3 yet. No, there's no, no E3. Uh, there, were two, there was a winter and a summer CES. Um, mm. that, that's the video game industry used those events as their showcases back then. Can you guys see this cover with terrible double dragon art? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's all for super double dragon. And usually the EGM covers were great. Not, not this month. Apparently not so much. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't, I don't know what they're thinking here. Um, we have an ad for two late stage NES games, Firehawk and MIG 29 Soviet fighter, maybe yeah. relevant to your interests, Seth. <laughs> And these were love the Soviet fighters. These were unlicensed NES games. Um, I can't even tell who the oh published the publishers Comerica. So they are yep. you, know, <laughs> you know. I think they were Canadian. But I like that these two games, which I I've never played these, but I looked up some reviews, and apparently both of these games are not bad. Oh, interesting. Oh, early nineties NES NES action games. They're not bad, but I they're mean, endorsed Thor by Ackerland is I know Nintendo <laughs> World Champion Thor Ackerland. <laughs> He said, here are two great additions for your game collection. MiG-29 is the fastest jet fighter game on any system, and wow. Firehawk has equal portions of strategy and adventure for a unique game experience. Damn. So, 
endorsed by Thor himself. Wow. I want to know what Thor Ackerland's up to these days. Yeah, I know. Uh, in, in, in the, um, uh, what's this called? What is, what is this the part table of the of magazine? Con- yeah, the table of contents. They say it's the ultimate sequel issue. Don't miss the first pictures of Afterburner 3, Adventure oh, Island 3, Thunder Force 4, Bonk 3, and the Mega Hot Double Dragon 4 for the SNES only in EGM. Oh, man. Yeah. This I'm looking at that out. Wonder Mega. <laughs> this layout is wild. And like, that looks like an ad. <laughs> Do you, who does this look like? Am I wrong? Do you think this looks like someone we know? I think it looks like Casa Messina. <laughs> is I that can weird? See that. Okay. I can see that. That's former funny. IGN Nintendo editor, Matt Casamassina. <laughs> but this is an ad for MC Kids. Is it pronounced MC Kids? It's the McDonald's game. I thought it was Mick Kids. I mean, I but there's a Mick Kids. But there is a period, M dot period C kids. So I, yeah. I, I don't know. But this is as ninety this is a pretty nineties ass ad right here. For, they're trying Radical really hard. New world. They're trying really hard to make this McDonald's game seem cool. Which it's got not. a dude with a mohawk and sunglasses. And then the copy says, can't talk long. I'm playing MC Kids. Way wildest game ever. I should know. I, me, Darren Bartlett invented it. What? <laughs> oh, what? The Darren Bartlett yeah. inventor of MC Kids. Yeah, it says that's MC as in major cool, mega challenging, mondo crazy. As in the MC Kids, Mick and Mac, two cool dudes. <laughs> And then it has totally dude at the end there. <laughs> it has totally just written upside down. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. I wish we still communicated this way, you know? I, I just wish we had that kind of like attitude with modern advertisements. This is from Virgin Games and their tagline is apparently got it, get it, play it. That's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> a little long-winded, but <laughs> it is a little Long winded. <laughs> There's also a logo with planet Earth and text that wraps around it that says it's a radical new world. Yeah. <laughs> so there's just a lot going on. There's yeah. ad too much for going MC on. Kids. Uh, and this was just an ad where they clip for uh, for software, etc. And you can clip out a coupon for the Super Nintendo, the Super Scope, and then even the Miracle Piano. Hell yeah. <laughs> Which I had the Miracle Piano. You did? For uh, Apple Macintosh. Okay. Yes. Not not for the Super NES. I wish I had. It's probably worth a fortune now. I mean, there's probably w- exactly one cartridge made for it. <laughs> that was a, some sort of piano teaching software. But I can I'm, play I, Ode to Joy to this day thanks to the Miracle Keyboard Teaching Program, and that's it. Truly a miracle. Uh, and so the letter from the editor this month, Ed Simrad, is all about the console wars. Well, actually, they're about the 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 fact that these new consoles were launching. Tell me if this sounds familiar. Without a lot of killer apps. Uh, He says, we are about to witness the beginning of a whole new generation of video games. While it only seems like yesterday we made the jump from 8 to 16-bit gaming, very soon we will leap from 16-bit cartridge to 16-bit CD-ROM entertainment. It all begins at the Summer Consumer Electronics Show when Sega and possibly Nintendo will unveil this new generation of games. There is a problem, though. While the technology is there, NEC has had a CD-ROM out for a couple of years. The industry, the game designers and programmers may not be ready yet. Take, for example, the problems that NEC had with their units. The hardware worked fine, but there was no software. Without a constant flow of good software, few game players would buy the system. Yeah. It's an issue we still see today. Mm-hmm. I want to point out, by the way, that Sushi X was in their masthead back there under assistant editors. <laughs> <laughs> assistant editors, Sushi X. Sushi X. Yeah. Damn. <clears throat> Respect. Um, 
an ad for a Game Boy game I've never heard of. It's called Square Deal, the game of two-dimensional poker. Just and what I, kids want. What does that yeah. mean? What does that what mean? What does it mean? <laughs> What's the game of two-dimensional poker? I don't know. It's like, <laughs> well, it's Square Deal. It looks like it's, it's a, a compelling challenge of skill, luck, and pure <laughs> concentration. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a, I think it's a puzzle game that uses playing cards. I don't think it's actually poker. Oh wait, I wait, don't know. wait! I've played this. Really? It, <laughs> you you have to match up like you're trying to get poker hands horizontally mm-hmm. and vertically, like across the grid. Oh, cool! Actually, that sounds that sounds all right. It's I don't think I played like I don't think I played this Game Boy game, but like it's a pu- like it's a puzzle trope mm-hmm. that's like been used yeah. elsewhere. Two dimensional poker. Uh, there's an ad for the EA game Sega Genesis NHL Hockey, and I just want to point out this is before in the game. This was when their logo was "Get Real." Yeah, <laughs> electronic arts. Yeah, way cooler. Some pretty good. Um, let's see, pretty good letters to the editor. I took notes on the letters I want to uh, read. Everyone's interested in the Super Nintendo CD-ROM. Thanks for the story on the Super NES CD-ROM. Your comparison against the Genesis CD-ROM helped me decide to get the Super NES system. I mean, for the same price as the Mega CD alone, I can get a Super NES plus their CD-ROM. Will Mario 5 be the CD packed in with the CD-ROM? I hope so, as the SNES version of Mario 4 was great in itself. Think what they can do on CD. Just think. Think is all you would ever be able to do, Jeff, from Austin, Texas. (laughs) It, it is pretty wild, though. Like, we're still kind of feeling the legacy of that question and speculation because, like, that uh, Super Ni- the Nintendo PlayStation thing, that, that little yeah. prototype that sold recently, like, that's what they were talking about, which is kind of wild to look back on and be like, wow, this was <clears throat> almost a thing. This literally almost changed the face of gaming as we know it. Uh, who who know. knows what would have happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really thought that was going to be the next thing from Nintendo. Back also at this crazy time. that they refer to it as Mario Four, like and five, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I clocked that as well. Where like it's funny hearing how certain terms and like things just go away in the decades. Like no one no one calls Super Mario World Super <laughs> Mario Four anymore. No, yeah. Um, again, a letter from JW in Long Island wanting to know, want to make sure the editors knew you can get Super Nintendo games for eighty cents each. Says, I know you are the cutting edge of the video game field, but how come you have never mentioned the Magicom? This device copies <laughs> NES and Famicom games to computer disc. The newer Super Magicom does the same to Super Nintendo or Super Famicom carts, and the Magic Drive works on Genesis carts. With this device, you can have copies of any game for about 80 cents instead of $60. <laughs> Another good thing is that you can buy games from dealers here already transferred for about yeah. five bucks. If you don't believe me, I've enclosed a picture of the devices. The only problem is that each system costs five to six hundred dollars. I was going to go on eBay like right after this and try to find one of those. Yeah, who knows how much they go for today? I I know someone who still owns their Super Magic Com to this day. Really? He he may work at IGN currently. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Did you... Did you see the answer, Damon? Yeah. So EGM says, we have known about these devices for quite a while, but since they are illegal, we did not consider them a news item. They come from the Orient. (laughs) That's the part. I'm like, ooh. (laughs) Although they work, we do not recommend players purchasing them. Yeah. Oh, boy. Language changes over time, I guess. But I don't really understand. Do you, would you hook this, the Magic Gum up to your computer, transfer ROMs to floppy disks, and then that, the Magic Gum will, you can, take it to your super nintendo and play them that way i'm not sure either yeah There's i'm not sure the process you slide a you slide a floppy disk into or something you know? like <laughs> a super game boy <laughs> yeah <laughs> sounds yeah. awesome yeah 
here's an ad for two arcade classics, Double Dragon and Super Off-Road, coming to Sega Genesis from a publisher, Ballistic. And what's interesting to me is that on the boxes, it says for the Sega Genesis and Mega Drive systems. So they were creating one box art that they could use in multiple territories. I mean, that's just good costs even right there. Right? Also, who is Ballistic that's like localizing Double Dragon and porting it? I don't know. Weird. Weird. Um, In the the review crew, they reviewed Super Scope 6. Hated it. They did not like it. Couple fives, a six and a three. The lowest review, the three says, while the Super Scope looks cool and works very accurately, I just don't believe that many companies would support this bazooka. The games that come with it get boring very quickly. Also, I don't trust Nintendo. How long did they support their power pad? When did they bring out their last light gun game? Remember Rob? Yeah. Skeptical about Nintendo supporting the Super Scope. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spanky's Quest, which happens <laughs> oh, just... Yeah. Just come out this week on Nintendo Online, <laughs> the Nintendo Switch Online service. What? I haven't played it yet. Yeah. It got a couple of sixes and sevens. You can play that game right now on your Nintendo Switch. If you're a I Nintendo gotta go. Online I, said, I gotta go. Damon, I gotta go. I got something I gotta go do. Uh, okay, now here's an ad for a couple uh, controllers, oh, yeah. third-party oh, controllers man. for Super Nintendo and Genesis called Stealth. And I've never seen these before, but they look nope. awesome. Yeah, they do. I, I don't know how comfortable they would be. I very much wanted one of these controllers for the Super Nintendo, of course, because I would would have rather died than been, been seen with a Sega Genesis <laughs> at this point of my life. Well, the, Super, <laughs> the SNES one is like gray, and then the, I think the Sega Genesis one is also it's got a cool the, black. Yeah, the look Genesis to it. one looks much cooler, and it has like yep. a big American flag on it for some yes, reason. Yes, they both have real an American flag on them. War machine. Yeah. yeah. If I was in a Street Fighter II tournament and a kid showed up with one of these bad boys, I'd be like, "Whoa, this guy! Yeah. Is, <laughs> I gotta stay out of his way." <laughs> these look really cool. I'd never seen these before. Um. Couple more reviews. Oh yeah, Top Gun for Game Boy. They review oh, two boy, fours oh. and a five. The, but I feel like the the four reviews sound much more positive than fours. It says this type of game just shouldn't have been attempted. While the basics of the game's engine are impressive, overall this game just doesn't stack up. It tries to be something that is next to impossible to be due to the limitation of the hardware. If you're dying for a portable flight sim, however, go for it. Oh, oh. well, I so expected a little more out of a one megabit yeah. game. <laughs> I could, I, Seth. I think you need to uh, give Top Gun for Game Boy a try. I, I I will do that, and I will report back to you. It is pretty wild to me that they're saying like this game is one megabit. Like the the fact that they're advertising the megabits of that the game used to be so, a thing. Yep. Yeah, that was just, like when Strider for the Sega Genesis came out. They're like the world's first eight megabit game, and yeah. none of us knew what that meant. Yeah. We just knew that eight was more than four by one hundred percent. It also says it also has number of levels, four plus. <laughs> Top Gun has four plus levels. Great. But look at Star Saver; it says number six. So why yeah. doesn't wow. that say four plus? <laughs> What's going on there? Jordan versus Bird. Number of levels is not applicable. Although I loved the Atari seventy eight hundred version of Jordan versus Bird. Mm. I bet the Genesis one was pretty good. Yeah. Um, a review. Oh, they have a Game Gear and a Lynx game in here. Crazy. Game Gear wow. that Outrun Europa, which I think is under the ha- Outrun series. Oh, wow. But what? The screenshot shows like a, a boat race. So I think it looks like it looks like Space Harrier. <laughs> it does yeah. kind of look like Space Harrier with stuff oh, floating. Um, yeah. It says for a different chase of racing, check out Outrun Europa and then Hydra for the Lynx, which is a straight up boat racing game, conversion of an arcade game. 
It's just cool to see so many uh, games for so many different systems being reviewed in one magazine. Yeah. By four people who clearly completed every game. Yep. Yep. For sure. (laughs) Each one wrote 25 words. 50 words. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, There's an ad for The Empire Strikes Back on the NES. This isn't even the Super Nintendo. This isn't Super (laughs) Empire Strikes Back. Oh, I've never heard of this either. I only know. I was not aware of that. Yeah. I only know the Super Games. Yeah. Right. Super Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. It's from JVC and Lucasfilm Games. Uh, and then it's the Electronic Gaming Monthly and Electronic Arts Sports Network presents The Games of May 1992, oh, appearing man. in local stores now, sponsored by uh, EA Sports Network. And then they got a little ad for their Jordan versus Bird in there as well. But new oh, from Nintendo. What, what's that? They're just, they're not all, these aren't all EA games. No, this is just new games that are out now, brought to you by Electronic Arts. Okay. Yeah, that's, but that's weird. Absurd. Okay, yeah. What? We still do that now. We'll be like, hey, here's all the hot E3 stuff brought to you by... Yeah, Doritos. Yeah, Video okay. But it would be retailer. like, here's this publisher. Let me tell you about all the games from competing publishers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't even know. I'm look, I'm scanning. I don't know if any of these new games are from EA. Weird. Anyway. Just Jordan and Bird, and they yeah. gave that a pretty mediocre score. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Which one did that get? That got a... Three sevens and a six. It's yeah. all right. It's good. It's good. <clears throat> anyway, Super, for there. Super Nintendo, uh, both Contra 3 and Legend of Zelda Link to the Past were out. Nice. I think, uh, oh, man. Those I think Link cool. to the Past was actually out in April. Yeah, good month for that. But over on the NES, things were a little bit dire. You got Toxic Crusaders. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, man. Firehawk. But Yoshi was out. Oh, nice. So yeah. Is that, that Yoshi? Wacky that Races cookie? was actually no, the No, there was a different game. one. In the May issue uh, of uh, Nintendo Power, that was the first game that they featured uh, that month. Wacky uh, Races? Just, yeah, Hanna-Barbera's Wacky Look, because I have it right here. I have the... the <laughs> How do you oh. just have that? <laughs> I keep a stack of Nintendo Powers right next to me for every time that I'm on a podcast, because this happens almost every time. Yeah. I could just reach for it, and, people, and then people ask me, How do you, how do, you do that? I like that they, they include every system. Game Gear, there was one game, George Foreman KO Boxing, and they oh, even included baby. Master System here, even though nothing will be released. <laughs> just Aww. delete just delete that box. You don't need it. Yeah. Throws off the whole, the, whole, uh, the balance of the, the graphic design on this. It would be completely <laughs> yeah. thrown off. I don't know what's going on with the background, this sort of Predator heat vision. I like that. Background. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the gaming gossip, Quarterman. Oh, These are always good, right? I How love do game fans? The it's me, Quarterman, here to tantalize you with my burgeoning basket of gaming gossip goodies. Lots to talk about this week, my quarter friends. We'll begin with the <laughs> mega rumor of the month. Word on the street has it that Nintendo and Capcom are rumored to be inking a deal that would bring Street Fighter II, the 16 meg monstrosity, into Super NES system boxes as the pack-in. Impossible. The Q-Man <laughs> Q- could dig up a few details on how this rumored plan would actually work, but those in the know tell yours truly that giving Super Mario the heave-ho in favor of the World Warriors was a compromise between the Big N and Capcom to maintain the cart's $80 suggested retail Damn. price. Damn. Well, More on this news item later. I don't think that ever actually happened, at least not in North America. No, I don't believe so. Maybe it happened in an, an, another territory. That sounds, that's got some EU flavor to it right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whoa, wait, Damon, I don't know how much of this you're going to read. I skipped ahead to the second to last paragraph. The licensing update? Licensing yeah. update? Or? No, yeah. under that, under that. Oh, speaking of the mega CD-ROM? Word oh, yeah. from our main man in Japan. Teriyaki. Oh, oh, 
I know. Come on. <laughs> These are the same people that said. Oh, man. Oh, the, the Magicom comes from the Orient. Good Lord. Uh, teriyaki. It's in the magazine. <laughs> That's their Japanese correspondent, Justin. <laughs> um, anyway, it looks like the Wizheads at Nintendo have struck again. The gaming Goliath is now rumored to be shipping a new development system called the Quad which will enable developers to display graphics and generate sounds light years ahead of anything we've ever seen before. No word on when Super NES quad games will start hitting, but don't look for anything before next year. What was that? I have the... um, Is that N64 already? I don't think so. Quad 4? 6-4? I don't know. What kind of info does the Q-Man have? (laughs) All right, here's the thing. I, I'm they're probably talking about the super FX chip. Yeah. But also I remember years ago listening to Shane Bettenhausen, who used to write for EGM, talking about how a lot of the times, in fact, about ninety percent of the time, the quarter man was just they would just make things up. Completely <laughs> yeah, I'm whole sure. cloth. They would just make up rumors. But a like it he's, he even tells a story on like the old one up yours podcast about how at one point like a developer came up to him and was like, dude, how did you find out about yeah that? <laughs> like there was something that they just made up and it was like so completely off the wall. But yeah, those are those are the two things. It's either the super effects ship or something that they just made up because they had to fill an entire page of of hot hitting gossip for all the quarter fiends out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then there's a licensing update. Ooh, licensing. Rumor has it that Acclaim is also the recipient of the Ren and Stimpy title, referring to the cartoon duo who who appear weekly on Nick. The Quarterman has also heard rumors that the Dirty Duo will appear on the Sega 16-Bitter and Lynx handhelds. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Other game news includes word from Sega that the current 16-bit leader has landed the rights to Star Trek, The Next Generation, and Cool World. A tripped-out Roger Rabbit. Featuring live actions within a wild animated universe. That, that's an early um, Brad Pitt vehicle. Yes. Cool mm-hmm. world. Yep. Not a great one. No, but not <laughs> a great one. An early one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then it says Sega has also a super secret game called Dolphin ready for CES. Oh. I wonder what that could be. What could it be? Mm-hmm. Oh, Quarterman. Um, this ad oh, took me a while to yeah. figure out. It's an ad for a, a, a third-party Super Nintendo yes. pad, the ASCII pad. And it says, this is you with your Super NES. This is you with your Super NES and the ASCII pad. And it took me a while to figure out that this kid is split down the middle. Yes. One half is a normal kid. The other <laughs> half is like a oh, golly, glam cool. rocker, punk rocker, something. It's like, a, it's, it's like a werewolf transformation, but a little yeah. more radical. Yeah. He looks like uh, one of the people, <clears throat> in, like one of the extras in the club scene in Hackers. <laughs> yeah. By yeah, the way, I have that controller, that ASCII really? pad. I still, yeah, and it rules. That's the best third-party Super NES controller ever created. And if you can find one, they don't—they're not like expensive or collectible. But if you want to play on like original hardware, yeah, scoop one of those up. They're awesome. It has the same D-pad and then the the four, you know, X, Y, A, D buttons. But then there are six. It looks like this. There's a turbo levers. button for every yeah. button, yep. right? Yeah, yeah there's a turbo. It. Yeah, exactly. There's a turbo button, and it's like two different yeah. levels of turbo. Cool. And it has yeah. the Super Famicom uh, color scheme for the buttons, which yeah. I appreciate aesthetically. I do as well. Way cooler than purple and gray. Yeah, I, I remember making it to Star World and Super Mario World and being really confused about the Super Famicom icon <laughs> that's like in the in the in the sky when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, there's man. a feature on uh, the making of the Wonder Mega, which was a combined. 
Mega Drive and Mega CD in one unit that JVC produced for Sega in Japan. Weird. I love it so I, much. I didn't know I that love, existed. Yeah. I love the name Wonder Mega, and I think it's everything it has, about it. I love it. Has it has a really it's, cool look to it. It's so it cool. It looks for like six hundred and twenty dollars. Yeah. yeah, and it yeah. looks like something the Predator would have on his arm. It does look like a Predator <laughs> weapon. <laughs> it's so cool. It's so aesthetic. I love it. It says um, the Wonder Mega will be on sale in Japan April first, nineteen ninety two. I don't think it was us. a joke. I don't think this was a joke. <laughs> no, no, I think it's. I do believe this is something that exists. But it says it, it comes with one software slash karaoke disc. Oh hell yeah! Mm -hmm. That's what That's cool. American teens want. <laughs> Everyone loves Tengen, uh, and there's an ad for some uh, games they're bringing to Sega Genesis, including Paperboy, Pit Fighter. Yes. RBI Baseball 3, and then a game called Dragon's Fury, which Whoa. I wasn't familiar with, but it looks to be a fantasy pinball game. And true enough, it's a port of, um, uh, uh, what's the, not Alien Crush, Devil's Crush. Oh. It's a port of Devil's okay. Crush, the uh, pinball game for TurboGrafx-16. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, those games are very cool. International Outlook. Oh. Actually, if it comes from Konami, you know it is going to be good. <laughs> Hell yeah. Man, how times have changed. <laughs> Pour one out. Pour yeah, one out. Nearly 30 years later, man. Well, it it doesn't even apply because nothing comes from Konami anymore. Yeah. But they say Axley is probably the best shooter ever made. <laughs> They're by just, human hands. They're just casually, the of, casually yeah. dropping that on page 48. Probably of... the best shooter <laughs> ever made. Now, actually, it's very good. I'm not yeah. arguing that. But yeah. Would you say no. it's the best shooter ever made, uh, Damon? I don't think I would, I would say that. But speaking of Konami, here's an ad for Gradius Interstellar Assault on oh, Game man. Boy. Did not know that existed. And it says, high voltage warning, open only if you're qualified to handle mega, mega power. <laughs> oh, <laughs> They had the uh, the Mega Man character from Captain N write the copy for this because that was his <laughs> <Yeah>. thing. <laughs> mega Mega Power. Mega power. <laughs> I have a Class C rating. I'm qualified to handle Mega Mega Power. <laughs> and then uh, a little joke. What has four legs and flies? Hmm. Any guesses? Well, I, it's I mean, I... Rush. What? For your Game Boy, of course. <laughs> what? Why? It's In the an picture ad for Mega Man. He doesn't too. even have legs. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But um, on the same page, there are a lot of tips for Faceball 2000 on Game Boy yeah, and how to find the exit in each of these levels. Uh, you remember this guy. You remember this kid. Oh, yeah. 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 He's in back-to-back yeah. -back ads for the Game Boy. Light but the Light Boy is bound to attract attention. It's the one where he's, he's camping in a tent and he is playing his Game Boy in the middle of the night and his friends can't believe it. What? <laughs> And then him. it's the portable case to carry all of your accessories. Look at those that pants. I know. I know. His pants in the, the picture that's tucked in is so, so great. Yeah. I would wear that outfit. We that I would, was I would rock that case. I I am exactly I was him when this issue came out because I was exactly that age and that's actually what I look like. Probably, I probably had those pants too. Well, uh, Nick, you were wondering what Thor is up to these days. I want to know what this kid, yeah, what he went on to do. It's so funny. I mean, he figured out life. He's like, mean. He actually exists. He That's a human being. Up. That's a human I know. being that exists somewhere. I know. I know. <laughs> so good. I I added this for you, Justin. Hey, Chuck Rock. 
Chuck Rock. It says, don't laugh. He's probably related to you. <laughs> I don't think I, I only played Chuck Rock 2. That's the only one I can recall. I think maybe I only played Chuck Rock. And so here's an ad to name the new bonk for the new bonk game. It says, right. can you give this guy a name? If so, then you are eligible to win great prizes from Turbo Technologies. Turbo Technologies is working on a new TurboGrafx-16 game starring a future relative of Bonk. However, they want you, the readers of EGM, to come up with the best possible name for their new character. So obviously that would become Airzonk. I was going to say, it's yes. Airzonk. But yeah. like, <laughs> was it actually someone who won this contest that named him? Yes. But if, you wrote, if you won this contest, please write in because I want to talk to you. Yeah, you had to write into Name the New Bonk Contest, Care of Electronic Gaming Monthly in Lombard, Illinois. Can you imagine? He looks like more of a... Go ahead. He he looks like more of a mega, mega bonk to me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He does seem qualified. (laughs) Arizonk would be qualified to handle mega, mega power. Two megs. It's a two Two meg blaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot of megs. Um. Uh, here in the next wave, finally, on page 84, you get your cover story, Super Double Dragon, <laughs> which they're, they call Return of Double Dragon in their header. I think that's what it ended up being called in Japan. Oh, Just okay. Super Double Dragon for us. They also called it Double Dragon 4 at one point in yep. the mm. same magazine. A little bit cool. of dissonance there. <laughs> between Just naming. like Mario 4. Yep. <laughs> and then an oh, ad for, from oh, Enix. Wow. Yeah. For both Dragon Warrior 3 on NES and Act Razor oh, on Super man. Nintendo. Okay. They squeeze oh, them onto yeah. the same page. And I just like, at the top, it says hot property. And it just seems <laughs> totally off brand for these fantasy RPGs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Get these hot. super carts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look um, at that it, box art for Dragon Warrior 3. Yeah, so it's pretty wild because it has like that same uh, tone as like the American box art of Final Fantasy where it's very yeah. like yeah. Western fantasy. But yes, then if right. you look, you see the sort of uh, Roto there in that Western style fantasy, which is really cool to see. Oh, man. Well, you'd have to be, a, you must be a Dragon Warrior or Dragon Quest super fan. I wouldn't recognize that myself. I enjoy those games. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> like the hot, the font of hot is more like. Uh, super off-road or something to me. <laughs> yeah. Not really. Hot property, yeah. grinding for 83 hours. <laughs> the most advanced RPG role-playing game. Uh, they have a preview for an NES game I've never heard of, Stanley in the Search for Dr. Livingston. Again, it's 1992, so very late in the NES's life, but this is a game I don't think I'd ever even heard of before. No. It's like Castlevania 2. It does kind of. And it does, oh, yeah. yeah. Great showcase yeah. on my Splatterhouse, too. I love Splatterhouse. Nice. Yeah. And I want to just point out here, I've, I've mentioned this before when we looked through these old magazines, they have screenshots of almost every boss, along with some <laughs> helpful hints on how to beat them. They even show you the final boss and some wow. shots at the end of the game. And that's why, to this day, I will never think that bosses are spoilers in games. <laughs> they used to just Man. put... Flipping it even through part of the end, <laughs> yeah. Flipping through a magazine, you would just see every single boss in the game if you were just glancing through it. No yeah. spoiler warning. Nope. <laughs> um, and then once again, they're just calling it Bonk Three. This this is Airzonk, yeah, the Bonk yeah. Shooter, but they're just calling it Bonk Three Panic Cyborg. At this Panic point. Cyborg. Good name. It's because, it's because no one had won the EGM contest yet. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's like maybe it's like, that maybe that was the contest winner. Like maybe someone maybe. wrote in and said Airzonk. I always love that we've goofed on this before, but I always love the percent complete on these. 25, uh, on the, <laughs> 25% complete. Yeah. 
Um, they should bring that back. And then finally, it's an ad for another handheld gaming system called the GameMate. And I looked it up. This this was actually released. It's uh, it was made in China. Obviously, didn't take off, but it was released in the U.S. And it was apparently like comparable to the Game Boy really? in terms of capabilities. It was like a black and white screen. Oh, had this different get one. cartridges and yeah. This is, is it? the 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 gift you like. You told your grandma you're like I want yeah. this Game Boy, and she I went want and got the Game Eight. <laughs> and I was like, you should get the Game Eight. It's cheaper. <laughs> and grandma couldn't resist a bargain, and that Christmas was ruined. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got me Brick Blaster. Thanks. It says you couldn't have got me Vindicators. It says for starters, you get a four complete entertaining games in one cartridge. That's more than the others boys give. <laughs> what? Oh wow! Yeah. Shots fired. It says we're the new boys on the block, and we're serious about gaming. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. I, I kind of this want a, one. I mean, I yeah. want, you gotta. I've never heard the, of this. Game talk in. to the powerhouse uh, hardware creators at Alston Information Research. <laughs> it looks more like a Game Gear. It does. Yeah. Or like it looks like a Game Gear that you push the buttons and there's water inside and little rings <laughs> swish around. A, a Tiger Electronics yes, Game yes. Boy. Or Game Gear. Sorry. Yes. That is kind of <laughs> what it looks like. Okay. I'm going to stop sharing my screen. That was a look at the May 1992 issue. Wow. Love it. Of Electronic Gaming Monthly. Always a pleasure. And that brings us to Video Game 20 Questions. Yes. Our suggestion this week comes from Trevor, age 34, in Saskatchewan, Canada. Okay. Nick, do you know how this works? It's been a while since I've listened to GameScoop. Please remind me. Okay. You have 20 yes or no questions to guess this mystery game. Okay. Uh, Could this game have been featured in the May 1992 issue of Electronic Gaming Monthly? No. Okay, so we know that it's came out after May 1992. Okay, after May 1992. Okay, Uh, did this game come out in this millennium? Um, no. Oh, okay. Okay, it's a '90s game. Yeah, yeah, and not a particularly early '90s game. Is this game in 3D? Yes. Whoa. Okay. Sorry. 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 (laughs) Parts are. Parts are. are? I know. It's supposed to be yes or no questions. What does that mean? Parts of it are in 3D. It came out in the 90s. Did this game release on the PlayStation 1? Yes. Was this game developed in Japan? Yes. That's five. Oh, man, I want to guess, but I, I think I want to do a couple more questions. <laughs> do you think uh, it's Clonoa? Because <laughs> I do. <laughs> Does it have a I was going to say I was going to say Castlevania Symphony of the Night because of the, the blend of 2D and 3D stuff. But uh, that's not oh. that's not a question. I'm just talking it over with the panel. <laughs> I, would, I would call that game a hard 2D personally. Yeah, because it only really has like the, the save... I'm just talking Polygons. logistically oh, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Factually, I mean, it does have does 3D. It, <laughs> does it? Does the game have a cartoon art style? No. Okay, so it's not Klonoa then. It was made in Japan. It was made in Japan on the PS1. I mean, was it made by Square 
Square were they Square Enix by then? When did that happen? <laughs> that would be SquareSoft. Or yeah, what, Enix, two different it, companies. Was it made by SquareSoft? No. Hmm. Oh, man. Is the was, game an RPG? No. Ooh. Was this game uh, a worldwide release? I'm gonna I'm gonna make that a freebie because I wouldn't pick a game that was like only released in Japan. Oh, okay. Mm. I mean, I don't, like, was it, was it, at the time it was released, was it exclusive to the PlayStation 1? Um, yes, at, at the time of release. Not an RPG, made in Japan. <clears throat> could, be Parappa, could be Parappa the Rapper. I, I'm focusing. Is it a fighting game? Is it a fighting game? No, that's ten. I'm focused too much on like the is it 2D and then Damon losing his mind. I need to just get off that question. <laughs> yeah. Not a fighting game. Not an RPG. PlayStation. Japan. Is it helpful to know if the developer is still making video games? Or is that not? Yeah, helpful? I think so. Yeah, is, I think so. Is Go it a, is the developer still making games? Yes. So, you know, I don't know, Capcom. Yeah, I was thinking Capcom as well. It, it, it's Since it eventually Damon gave us a little bit of a free freebie when he said it was exclusive to the PlayStation 1 at the time it came out, that makes me think it's unlikely to be a first-party Sony Studios game. Although I guess, you know, if it came to, like, whatever, like PSP or something later. I wonder if it... Hmm. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, there's Tecmo, there's Capcom, right? Konami, I don't know if Konami still counts as making video games anymore. Pro- probably, uh, you know, there's Enix. <clears throat> Do we want to go publisher or like, or I'm sorry, developer or like genre here? Yeah, you got to pick one. I mean, yeah. I... <sighs> Because like what what does that leave in the height of you know the PlayStation? There's platformers, uh, shooters, and what a puzzle game. Was this a uh, high selling game? I think so. Oh damn! All right. Oh. <laughs> um, I mean, like I'm, I'm, is Mega it a Capcom game? Network? Is it a Capcom game? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay, now I'm like, okay, is it Misadventures of Trombon? Is it a Mega Man Battle Network? Mega Man Legends, maybe? Mega Man Legends. Yeah, it could be Mega Man Legends. That's like 2D plus 3D. Yeah, it has like 2D. Does it have a Mega Man tie-in? I'm trying to ignore the 2D, 3D thing, just because Mega Man Legends is like overtly 3D. Sorry, go ahead, Seth. Is there a Mega Man relation (laughs) in this game? Is there a Mega Man relation to this game? No. Oh, man. I don't it's know misadventures. It's not Misadventures of Tronbon. <laughs> Damn no. it. Uh, we asked if it was an RPG, right? Because they were still yeah, making... Yeah. I think there was like still Breath of the Breath of Fire games and stuff coming out on the PS1, right? Correct. Uh, uh, but it's not that. It's not Mega Man. I mean, you know, it was. it's probably... like What was Street Fighter Alpha 3? Was that a PS1 well, era a fighting, fighting game? game? I thought oh, yeah, not a fighting game. Um, oh shit! So yeah. So wait. So there's. I mean, there's survival horror. Like there's you know oh, Resident, Resident Evil. Evil. 
uh, but, uh, Parasite Eve, Dino, what is it? Di- not Dino Crisis. Dino Crisis. No, well, that's Dino Crisis. Dino Crisis, yeah. Uh, <sighs> trying to think. Capcom oh. late 90s. Is it a survival horror game? Yes, that's 15. Ooh, okay. 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 It's got to be Dino Crisis. Well, we could add. Uh, or Resident or, Evil. Or Resident Evil. Does this game. There's no dinosaurs in Resident Evil, is there? <laughs> no. There's a big shark. Uh, and a big snake. And an alligator, yeah. but not a dinosaur. <laughs> right. Does this game have a dinosaur in it? Have dinosaurs in it? Yes. Oh! oh. <laughs> is oh, the yeah. game Dino Crisis? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well In done. 17, 17 questions. Glad you got there. Yeah. We did it. Yeah. I, so pre-render backgrounds, but right. characters yeah. rendered in 3D. God, that should have been the yeah. biggest clue right there. The pre-rendered. Yeah. yeah. I, had a, I had a feeling it was like this weird like faux 3D thing, kind of like a mode 7, but obviously it's not with the PlayStation. <laughs> but my mind yeah. was in the right area. Oh yeah. boy, I'm gonna be real with y'all. This game looks different than it does in my mind. <laughs> this is this is not what this game looks like in uh, my brain, in my mind. I, I mean, we're, we're looking at it on a, a 16 by 9 HD monitor. It's not really yeah. meant to be seen on this kind of this kind of device. Goodness gracious, <laughs> man! Yeah, I remember my brother played this like a whole summer, and yeah, same deal. I wonder yeah, if it holds this, up. It's definitely weird. Like I remember, Damon, we've talked about this on Scoop before. Of like, you would spend an entire summer playing a video game that you mm-hmm. now be in like a weekend, yeah. and it's like, <laughs> what, 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 what are we doing? Yeah, and we had nothing but time back then, so it's like, wow, what's going on? Right? <laughs> Why did it take and us you, so long? <laughs> you only had enough money to buy the one game, like yeah. per year. I I wow. made sure to look up some screenshots just in case you guys asked if your character wears a hat. Oh, do they? She does not. She's not wearing a hat. <laughs> game. It was uh, released on PlayStation 1 1999. It's right on the cusp wow. of the millennia question. But then it came to Dreamcast the year later. Oh, no. Oh, a Dino Crisis in the, in the RE engine. Come on. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Right? Make it happen. I think a lot of people would want that. I don't, I don't anyway. think I played Dino Crisis. You don't think you played it? I played I at know. least the first one. It scared me too much. Resident Evil, I couldn't handle. And I was like, dinosaurs? Absolutely not. <laughs> Zombies, I can run away from. Dinosaurs? No way. Yeah. I'm dead meat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for the su- suggestion. 34-year-old Trevor in Saskatchewan, Canada. If you, anyone has uh, their own suggestions for Video Game 20 questions, email them to me at the address gamescoop at IGN.com. And that is all the scoops that we have for you this week. Nick, thank you so much for joining us today. Pleasure to have you. Seth, pleasure as well uh make sure you're holding things down in the great state of maine over there thank you to justin thank you to Mariah, who's working behind the scenes to make this episode possible my name is damon this is ign game scoop and wrapped